There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And I apologize if I sound a little congested, not sick. <laughs> it is just starting to feel like spring. And I mm-hmm. woke up the last couple of mornings and my eyes were really itchy. And that's always the sign for me where I'm like, oh, it's yep. that time. Here it's, it comes. <laughs> it's spring. Um, I it's one of those things where, so we're going to talk about just like the internet in general for women, but I just have to say, and it'll be really interesting. I shared a video about how it's allergy season on TikTok, And like, I'm just going to wait for the comments that are like, you should get the shot for allergies. You should do this. Like the amount of like, um, just free suggestions people throw out on the internet of like, you should do this if you're not already without knowing what the person does or does not already do Mm -hmm. is hilarious to me. Yeah. Um, for the right. record, I don't, my allergies are not bad enough for me to need to get a shot or anything else. It is completely manageable with just Claritin and Zyrtec and whatever else. If you don't like Claritin or Zyrtec, like, cool. cool. <laughs> it's, it's what works for me. And that's what matters. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just always so funny. Like anytime you put anything out on the internet, people are just like, but have you thought about this instead? And I can appreciate like the, like, wanting to be helpful um but the for me claritin and zyrtec they work just fine i'm good but yeah it's been i like i said i woke up and especially this morning i was just like my eye is so itchy why and then i was like oh Oh, yeah of the year Uh, how are you i'm okay um i so i've broken my nose like four Mm. four times in my life um, and so I have always, since I can remember, have had the sniffles in the morning. I sneeze about at least 10 times and then I have to blow my nose for about 35 minutes, um, every single morning. Um, so, uh, um, I can't ever really tell exactly when, when the allergy stuff is happening and mine isn't like bad at all, but my eyes do get pretty itchy. I haven't gotten there quite yet, but yesterday I, they're a little dry. And so, yeah. It's, it's just the time is upon us, you know, it really truly is. We're all just, we're all just getting by. And (laughs) before we jump into today's topic, I just not to like gloss over our allergies and (laughs) just general, uh, life (laughs) existence right now. I did want to like throw this out there because if you are listening to this, uh, relatively early to when we drop this episode, you still have plenty of time to get involved in this. And I had promised that we would have more on this last week and we do. Mm. So if you are, you know, you know, you don't even need to be a basketball fan, whether you like basketball or not, if you like to participate in bracket challenges, 
we have one for you. Um, Adam, who is a listener of the podcast, just became um, a dad for another. He's a dad again. <laughs> I don't know like what you say when there's like second, third. I don't know. Like when you have multiple kids, it's like you're a dad already, but you are again. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) uh, he sent some photos and they're adorable. And so, again, congratulations to him and his wife and their family. Um, But he had he had previously sent us an email about this March Madness challenge that he runs. And here's just a little bit about why you should think about it. And so first and foremost, the deadline is Friday, March 18th, like that is your deadline, which is pretty standard for any bracket you're mm-hmm. going to do because that's your first round of games. So if you want to, we'll, I'm planning on tweeting about this. I know Sasha shared it as well, but the, the URL is mystic Rones. So it's mystic R H O A D S dot org backslash March dash madness. So mystic roads.org backslash March dash madness. And again, that roads is R H O A D S. Um, but again, we'll share it on Twitter. And so you can go and, um, just get there easy, but there are, it's free to enter for the record. Like you're not putting any money into this, but you can win prizes. So that could be, um, backpacks and t-shirts. Uh, there's, uh, I'm just looking at it. Last place is a surprise. Like that's kind of fun. Like if you come in last, I want to know. I, I actually like probably a just, dead ass last trophy. <laughs> yeah, I want to like torch my bracket just to like uh, find out. Which honestly, I don't think is actually that hard. However, <laughs> when you try to torch your bracket, those are the ones that end up doing really well. Right. right. So. Uh, but so the MRP's March Madness Challenge is just helping promote March for Kindness, the March for Kindness initiative, which encourages kindness toward others and to recognize good deeds in the Lincoln, Nebraska community. Every Mystic, every March Mystic Roads Productions recognizes a group or individual has shown exceptional kindness toward the Lincoln community, and a $500 charitable contribution is given to the organization or to a charity of the individual's choice. In addition, the Hulda Roper Citizenship Award is given annually to a Roper Elementary School student who shows a commitment to kindness and good deeds in the Lincoln community. That student is chosen by the school staff. So you participating in this, and this is their big goal for this year, is just awareness, getting more people involved. So again, you're already filling out brackets and doing Mm -hmm. all of this. Go fill out one. Go fill out one of these because even better it's not just for the men's tournament. You can also support the women's tournament through this exact bracket challenge. So you can, it's a great, like the whole thing. I love the initiative. I love that they're promoting kindness in the communities. That is a big thing for Sasha and I is just Mm -hmm. being kind. And I love that they're including the women's tournament. And this isn't like, again, this isn't like sponsored. (laughs) This is just, he reached out to us and said, Hey, we're doing this bracket challenge had a chance to you know spend some time reading about it really love the mission love what they're doing again go to mysticroads.org backslash march dash madness we'll have it on twitter as well and go just fill out a bracket it's super easy to do again you could torch that bracket and come in last and let us know what you get because i want to know so badly i do too yeah like aaron said you're already filling out brackets you might as well fill out a couple more um, and yeah. support a good cause. And, um, yeah, Adam's awesome. Yeah. And again, he, he is like doing all of this. He's been more on top of this, just has a brand new baby and has been more on top of like staying in touch with us than I have with my <laughs> own life. So right. 
credit to Adam. Um, but seriously, he has a goal to increase their number of um, participants this year. So please, if you're listening to this, go fill out a bracket. Let's give them that support. Let's bring just some awareness and some kindness because that's very fitting for what we want to talk about today mm. is we talk a lot on this podcast about just being kind and how the bare minimum that you can do in life is just be nice and be kind yes. to people. It's free. It's free. It literally costs nothing. <laughs> and unfortunately, and it, I will have to say, I'm so sorry to Sasha because I was like very, um, I was very much ignoring the internet for like, there's like a 36 hour span from like, Friday into like Sunday morning where mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what happened, but I got really overwhelmed. <laughs> and so like, I just stayed very far away from pretty much everything. I, I think I posted like a video to TikTok and was like done. Yeah. Um, but then I came back and saw what happened and Sasha had faced uh, a really just stupid comment from somebody on a TikTok live with uh, Sadie. They, they host uh, weekly, uh, TikTok lives and Instagram lives with uh, meathead test kitchen. We talk a lot about how you should also listen to that podcast, but somebody came along and just felt the need to be unnecessarily mean. And Sasha, I'll let you talk about it from your experience, but I, I, it broke my heart because I saw your messages and I know you said I'm okay, but it still makes me mad because you still shouldn't have to, be on that side of saying, I'm okay. Don't worry about yeah. me because it's still shitty. And I'm really, I'm really sorry that one, I was not like around to support you in that moment uh, because of whatever reason I was away from the internet. Yeah. But I'm so sorry that happened to you because it's unfair and it shouldn't like just Anyway, I just um, want to go fight someone. <laughs> and that, well, and I, I see that, um, I mean, I see that the, the comments that folks make towards you. Um, and I think that like my broader takeaway from this is that for the most part, I've been shielded from crappy comments from people. Um, and that is a privilege. That's what privilege looks like. Um, just because you don't experience something doesn't mean that it's not happening to other people. Um, just because you don't experience something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, and that's kind of, kind of what I, where I landed, um, on this. So every single Friday we do a TikTok live right after we record an episode, um, one to kind of wrap up the week, but also to interact with people that we maybe normally wouldn't get to interact with we get crappy comments a lot, like every single time we do this. So it's not something new. Um, you know, it's 90% it, of the time it's, um, a comment that's directed at one of us for a physical traits, whether that be true or not, this particular comment had happened to be a comment on my weight. And so I went back and looked because I was like, I wonder what my face looked like after I saw that comment. Um, and it was more of like a WTF, like, what are you talking about, dude? The other thing I do want to stress, and I know that uh, maybe oftentimes it seems like we're coming after men, but every single one of these comments that I have ever been on the receiving end of, or has been directed at us by has been a man. Um, and so my, 
my comment back was, Hey, um, you know, I, I can lose weight. You coming and being a rude person is a personality trait. And maybe you should seek therapy because when someone's making a negative comment towards somebody else, it says, and like you said, you said it perfectly, but I kind of reiterated the same thing. It says more about you than it does about me. Mm -hmm. I, um, I can't control what other people say to me. I can't control what other people think of me, but the fact that this person felt compelled probably because of the anonymity of the internet to say something derogatory towards somebody that they don't know. Um, just, I mean, yeah, it did bug me. Um, one, I think that period end of discussion, a lot of us have struggled with this, that, or the other thing over the last couple of years. Um, you know, I, I've had some major life things happen in the last, in the last year, um, you know, moving is kind of a big deal. Um, and yeah, anyway, I think the broader, the broader conversation that I kind of wanted to have was this, and I said it on Twitter. And if you don't follow me, this is what I said. If, if, (laughs) when you are thinking about commenting on someone's physical appearance, I heard this somewhere else and it stuck out to me greatly because yeah, we're going to have thoughts or opinions or whatever, um, not knowing anything about somebody else. But if you're feeling compelled to make a comment on somebody else's appearance in any way, shape or form, if they cannot change the thing that you were feeling compelled to comment on within five minutes, then you shouldn't be commenting on it. Um, You know, a person can't change a physical attribute of theirs that they were born with. A person can't change their weight within five minutes. A person cannot change the haircut that they just got within five minutes. A person can wipe a booger off their face. A person can zip up their fly. A person can rematch the buttons on their shirt. You're helping them out. And it can be a discreet comment. It doesn't mean to be rude or made in a derogatory way. Um, I just, I don't understand. I've never understood um, the feeling of the, uh, feeling compelled to make a comment on somebody's like outward appearance. Like it doesn't make sense to me. It's not something I've ever thought to do. Um, yeah, it's, it, it definitely comes from a place of like hurt people, hurt people. Right. But the thing that is so frustrating, we've talked about this a little bit on this podcast too, is the other, the other side to this coin is when you go and you make comments about people's appearances or you talk about um, right now, right now in, in, with like in Florida with the um, don't yeah. say gay bill um, with I'm trying to think uh, like when people talk about mental health, when you comment on things that you maybe think I'm not talking about the people in my life or I'm not talking about the people I love. I'm talking about this person that I do or do not know or people mm-hmm. that don't feel quote unquote real to me because I'm watching them through my phone or I'm watching them through my computer or whatever. The thing that you don't realize is the people around you are also absorbing what you're saying. And so when you go and tell someone like Sasha that they're chunky, which I know you don't need me to tell you this, but you're not, but there are people who are now going to look at Sasha and they're going to benchmark themselves against her and go, but I, I'm, you know, I might weigh more or my body type is different. 
And that's going to internalize for somebody a much that's it's you just don't think about the snowball effect of that. You have now affected Sasha and you have affected her mental health and you have affected how she is now thinking and perceiving her own self and her own self-worth and not saying that you've taken, you know, any of this to heart, but it's like a thing that you still have to process. Something you also- want to say though, to that person, and they're not listening to this podcast, but just over broad brushing is that like, if you don't know me personally, you have no idea that in high school, I struggled with an eating disorder. So like I had a, the guy, sorry, this is like way too in depth of a story to share, but the guy I was dating in high school told me, if I, if you ever get fat, I don't know what I'll do. So when someone I feel says, like if I ever get fat, <laughs> I won't be but with I was, you. So I don't care. <laughs> I, you know, I was, I was 16, 17 years. Yeah. I was, I dated him for four years, started when I was 15. The first rela- like serious relationship I ever had. I also had some things going on at home that lended itself further to the seating disorder. I was five, seven, like I am now. And I weighed 98 pounds because wow. I was so scared of becoming what I perceived as overweight. So when you say things to people, they have impact. Like Aaron was just saying, there is also the snowball effect, but you also don't have any idea. Like we've talked about so many times on this podcast, what someone has either been through or is going through your words matter. I've Mm -hmm. been struggling more than I've let on about this comment since it was made. Like then I can, then I care to get into on this, on this podcast or honestly admit out loud, but just, you gotta be mindful of what you're saying to people. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's, it's those things where if just so you know, you, you are not alone that don't ever let yourself feel bad for thinking about a comment. Like, I, I think one of the worst things that we have done on the internet outside of, um, outside of, just allowing people to be anonymous and everything else. (laughs) Um, But I do think we have, especially toward women, encouraged the mentality of like, just ignore it. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Just whatever, like just ignore it. And Mm -hmm. like, don't give them the time of day. But what ends up happening is that you have to spend time with that comment by yourself and you have to process it alone. And you, you are not alone in taking comments and like holding on to them because the thing is, is, I definitely shield the people that love me from what I see. And it's not because I don't want to, it's not because I don't want help carrying that burden. I definitely speak up when it's something that's absolutely not okay. For instance, when I shared a TikTok about the success of selling out all of the ads for the women's NCAA tournament uh, for the March Madness tournament, Um, And somehow that got onto the wrong side of TikTok. And some of the comments were just absolutely just vile, Mm -hmm. just absolutely awful. I did speak up. I not only made another video on TikTok, but I talked with my husband about it. And like for him, what was interesting about his reaction is he was kind of like, oh, just don't give any like don't give any you know attention to it. Ignore it. The thing, though, is, is he was coming from a place of like you know, this doesn't happen that much. And then he's like, well, you, you know, don't, don't let people disrupt your peace. But it's like, you don't realize because I don't often share the fact that um, somebody came to my TikTok recently to tell me that it's really unfortunate. I look the way I do because makeup will never fix the problems that they apparently feel about me. And now when people make that comment for the record, 
I always know what they're talking about. They're talking about my scarring. It is a, it, they never, they don't understand why I would have scars. They just want to comment on that, but they make Mm -hmm. really like stupidly vague comments about it. And it's like, I, I understand what you're doing, but it's just BS. Um, but I recently had someone who told me, um, who came to a Hill varsity YouTube video to, basically say, I need to shut up. I need to stop talking. And I need to let the men on my team do all of the talking. Somebody was like, why is she talking so much? Uh, She's not even letting the men speak. And it's, it's just constant. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just these constant little things where people talk about if my voice is too raspy, if my voice has vocal fry, um, my scars make me ugly. Um, I've put on weight. I, whatever, like it's always something. And yes, I ignore a lot of it. I do, but it does, it does get hard because you, from an outward perspective are expected to tell people, no, these things don't bother me. I'm fine. I'm good. Don't worry about me. But I would be lying if when I listen to my voice, sometimes I'm not like cognizantly aware of like that vocal fry, but or here's second the thing. guessing yourself or we all have this. We all yeah. have vocal fry. Men have it too. It's just misogynistic when you go after women for it, because people like to use it as a way to attack women's voices or their intelligent is... because, or their intelligence because of how their voice sounds. Yeah. It just a thing. Like when you start, when you hear comments over and over and over and over again, sometimes it's hard to not start second guessing yourself mm-hmm. or not start believing some of that stuff. We got a comment the other day uh, that just said Mike's. And I thought trying to give this person the benefit of the doubt and not being negative about everything I see assumed they were asking what brand it was a man. And he said, no, I'm asking why you have them period. Why are you the authority on anything? Because we're women. It, I keep seeing these posts too, um, because it is women's history month, um, of, you know, this is great, except for, I don't, I don't want, I don't want a day or a month or a week to be respected as a woman. I want you to respect me all the time because I have worked my ass off to prove my self. And at this point, I don't feel like I should have to keep proving myself in order for you to believe that I am intelligent or I know what I'm talking about just because I happen to be born a female. Yeah. I, it, it's one of those things where I understand, I understand that people get negative comments. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't. And in fact, like, small, like small potatoes in the big scheme of things. But, um, something I actually thought about recently is I have gotten a lot of attention, um, from (laughs) completely unrelated to my job or anything, but I had found a stuffed rabbit that I've been trying Mm -hmm. really hard to find the owner of, um, and have not been successful in finding the owner yet, but, um, it has brought a lot of attention, especially to my TikTok. It my TikTok account like grew like twenty five hundred followers in yeah. like thirty six hours, and none of the comments are mean. I want to just be clear. However, there are some where it's like people aren't they they're coming in 
at a portion of the story and they're not reading back to, or they're not going and watching previous, or they're not spending, you know, another extra minute, just seeing what has been done, what is going on. I've even recorded like FAQ questions to answer the questions that people have. Like one that people have been big on recently. And it's actually been like, like I was kind of getting a little anxious about is a lot of people are like, you made a mistake. You shouldn't have had it cleaned and uh, restored because now the child, when it's reunited, is going to be angry. But what they haven't done is spent the time looking at the videos where I tell you, hey, this was run over by cars and it had like literal dirt and mud and like grime, like baked into it. Like I can tell it had been loved, but my bigger fear was if you were giving this back to a child, they would be traumatized by it. They would be like, this isn't, this isn't what I loved. This isn't like, oh, this is the wear and tear. This is like my beloved rabbit has, is literally like shredded. Mm -hmm. So I made the, I made the decision and I, I thought about it too. I even talked with the woman who ended up doing the restoring and somebody else in Omaha who she knew people in schools and stuff. Cause she had the same concern. We did a lot of thought process on this before right. we made the decision. I ultimately said, you know what, if we do find the owner, I don't want to give them a negative experience. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to be given something and feel overwhelmed by it. I don't want to hand this to a parent and have them be like, I don't know how to give this back to my child yeah. and then have them have to try to figure out what to do. So I'm like, we're going to take care of it. So that way, when we do find the owner, it's just like, here's here for me. I'm like, look, if a child is given this back and they're like, Hey, it looks cleaner. It will talk about how the bunny had a big adventure and got dirty and had to go get a bath. And like, you can turn it into something really fun. Yeah. And I'm like, anyway, I could spend a whole like hour just talking about how like these silly comments about, um, how I made a bad decision bothered me but it's like I am not trying to like discredit like this this belief because I get it these are concerns I had but I've already addressed these and Mm -hmm. I'm trying so hard and then when you I think the worst feeling is when you do actually try to have a conversation with somebody and you do actually follow up and you say hey I'm going to spend the time and talk to you about why I made this decision and then they don't come back yeah they just ignore it and move on and it just feels like a really crappy thing that like people do where they they dump bad opinions on you and they dump just negativity and then they leave yeah. because they can go on with their day and now they you're don't left care with the the second guessing yourself or or doing or doing work or la- or putting labor into having a discussion only for it to be either you know i saw um actually a black creator describe it this way when when talking about you know I'm, I'm doing the labor of helping you try to understand something, but you're t- coming back and telling me that no, but not like that. You don't get to dictate how I'm, I'm telling you uh, the story or the details of something. Also, like we've talked about this before. We actually have a whole entire episode. I believe we called it context is or here is your context or something like that. Um, context is important to anything. So mm-hmm. like, it doesn't really take that long to, in this instance, when you're talking about, you know, this, the bunny to go and do some work, go back mm-hmm. and look, it takes literally seconds. And if you're confused on where you're at on TikTok, it tells you where you just watched. Yes. 
and I have like all of them <laughs> pinned like for a reason because I'm like yeah. I want people to be able to like get information quickly but it's like I understand like again it's small but I guess my bigger point is I was sitting here thinking and I'm like I don't have a significant following on TikTok I'm I'm like at 4,700 followers but that mm-hmm. again grew very quickly but I kind of sat here and I was thinking about um a woman I follow her name is Maya Knight she oh, has over I love Maya. She has over 7 million followers mm-hmm. on TikTok. And she just can't she has now grown and I just I want to like give myself a pat on the back. I've been with her since like before she I think even had like 500,000 followers. Yeah. Like I was very early <laughs> in her like following journey, like following her. Mm-hmm. Um she is now at the point with her following where she just can't do anything right. If she travels, she's being irresponsible to her children with COVID. When she posts about how they're vaccinated and boosted, being her and her friend that she's traveling with, people leave comments that are like, why do you think you need to tell us that? Um, she gets opinions on bottle feeding versus breastfeeding. She gets comments on um, how they're, you know, here's the thing, especially with like parent shaming. Um oh, there's there's only one time i'm okay with people speaking up because it has literally saved lives is if you notice that a car seat is incorrect Mm -hmm. like if you notice that the buckles on a car seat which i have seen people who comment and say hey i just want to let you know that the straps are actually not where they need to be and i've seen people do that very respectfully and then i've seen the parents ultimately follow up and be like oh my gosh you are so right thank you so much um there's a respectful ways to let people know it kind of goes back to that thing. Can you fix it in five minutes? If yeah. it's something like that, where you're like, Hey, super respect you just want to let you know, though, I think the straps might not be in the right place. If that person then says, screw you, I don't, you, you have to just then back off and go, I, I accept it. But that is something that can be fixed. What can't be is when you decide to tell someone like Maya Knight that you don't agree with the fact that her children are being bottle fed now, because she has already talked on her TikTok extensively about how she can no longer breastfeed. Mm-hmm. It is she literally nearly died in childbirth. And the fact that she was even able to breastfeed for a period of time was a miracle for her. And so she she's big on like just fed his best. But then people get mad at her for using tap water. How dare you use tap water for your children? I mean, it's constant barrage yeah. of just like negativity with how she's raising her children. And I thought about like, when you hit a certain point and I've often made this joke about Twitter, but I think like I, in like me head test kitchen on TikTok, like you've, you've kind of hit that threshold now with 10,000 followers where I think when you hit these benchmarks, unfortunately what comes with it is now a lot of bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I, I tell people all the time with Twitter the like best place to be on Twitter is under 10,000 followers because yeah. once it grows past that, you start to grow into place. Like you start to obtain followers who aren't following you because they like you. They're yeah. honestly hate following you. They're following you very like loosely. And so then when you tweet about something or you talk about something they don't like, they feel really emboldened to tell mm-hmm. you that. And it's like, I don't even like, why do you follow me? Right. You could just not or, you know, scroll by like it, it's, uh, yeah, I, one of our goals last year was actually to get to 10,000 just because with that automatic, not automatically, but I feel like you grow a little bit faster. Um, once you hit that threshold, um, 
but I did, you know, I do have a co-host on that show. Um, we handle things differently. Um, we feel differently about things, but I did, we did have to have a conversation. I was like, Hey, you know, like we're going to continue to get comments like this. Um, we should come up with a plan of action on how to deal with this. Um, honestly, after the other day, I think that for me, I hit my threshold on taking bullshit and not saying anything. I have for a very long time taken the uh, road of just not saying anything, of ignoring it. But here's the thing, as we know, as we've seen, as the track record shows, ignoring things is not how things change. Mm -hmm. Um, Ignoring things is not being a cheerleader for those around you. Um, it's not being an ally in any way. Honestly, that comment, because it was aimed directly at me and not an overall broad brushing statement, just because we are both female was directed at me, which is the first time that's happened. It made me want to, we're already, we're very inclusive. Like health is not a number on the scale. The number on the scale is your relationship with gravity that day. Um, but it made me want to be even more, um, What's the word I'm looking for? I just wanted to be even more like vocal about the fact that health doesn't have a certain look. Mm -hmm. Um, I am 37 years old. (laughs) BMI, like whatever aside, like whatever someone thinks of my outward appearance, doesn't mean that they have any freaking clue what I do in my day-to-day life. I wake Mm -hmm. up every morning at 4.30 or 5 because that's when it works for me to do my thing at the gym. You know, I, I eat for the most part, kind of what I want to, whatever, like this isn't a nutrition podcast, but like no one would know that. No, none none of my Twitter followers even know that who are the majority of people who be listening to this podcast. (laughs) Like that would know who I actually am. No one knows that unless I tell you, like take that into consideration when you're like trying to interact with people also realize that there are humans on the other sides of this, of these accounts that you're following. We said that before too. I think when you start to kind of break down, we talk a lot about systemic, like the systemic things in place. Mm-hmm. And this is what I really would challenge people to recognize is whether it's systemic racism or systemic misogyny. If you are in a place of power, If you are in the, if you are in the place of power, you often don't, I think sometimes people misunderstand that it's kind of like the not all men thing. Yeah. We know that not all men are like that. We know that just the same as a black person knows that knows that not all white people are awful. However, when there it's, when there are like, I can at least be cognizant enough of the fact that when I listen to a black creator on TikTok talk about the experiences that they have on that app and just like everything else, I can understand that they are not talking directly to me, but they are talking more broadly, Mm -hmm. but that I still play a role. Yep. And I think when we talk about a lot of these things, there are going to be people who inevitably are like, I'm not like that. And I challenge you when you get defensive, when you find yourself getting defensive over something like us talking about our experiences, Mm -hmm. you need to ask yourself why. Why? Because 
if you are getting defensive, there's a reason for it. Because if you are able to listen to this conversation, just like, look, there are times I'm on TikTok and I, there's this one creator I follow and I really, really appreciate her, but she has some really difficult conversations that sometimes are hard to listen to, but I need to listen to them. And if you can listen to other people share their experiences without getting combative, then it says it's not about you. It's not about you. If you're getting combative, there's a reason for that. You are, you're telling on yourself in that mm-hmm. moment because you're feeling this need to defend yourself. And my question is, why do you feel the need to defend yourself if you have nothing to defend? Yep. And so oftentimes when we talk about these things of like, hey, we've experienced these, this person came and made this comment to Sasha or look, um, people make these comments to me and my friends and to other colleagues and to all of these things. How many times have you told someone, don't worry about it. Don't you're great. Don't, don't give them any time of day instead of saying that's bullshit. And if I ever see it, I'm going to call it out. Yep. We, we tend to, I talked about how I had an experience where somebody treated me really badly in a moment and people came to me to check on me, but they never went to go check that person. Mm-hmm. Like you don't fix things by just coming and checking. over them, brushing yeah, it I under mean, the rug, coming to, to coming to me or coming to Sasha or coming to a woman that you see or a person of color that is, you know, getting attacked or having something awful said to them and going, I'm here for you is great. Mm-hmm. But like, that's to be honest, a little bit performative at times. And I'm guilty of this too. I am too. Yep. I'm guilty of coming to the person and just being like, I'm so sorry. But like, that's kind of what made me mad about like not being around because if I had like, by the way, I don't remember what I was doing, but I I saw a notification for your TikTok live come up and I almost joined. I feel like I maybe was walking scout at the moment, but like I almost joined and like, I almost wish I had because I probably would have like started fighting people, like <laughs> fighting this person in your comments, which is not also helpful, but I probably would have. <laughs> um, but I think where like what I can do in that moment is continue to speak up where mm-hmm. I say it's not OK to speak to Sasha. It's not OK to speak to Sadie. It's not OK to speak to any woman. It's not OK to speak to a person of color. It's not OK to speak to anyone like that. Mm-hmm. If you don't have something nice to say, keep it to yourself. Yeah. It, like, what are you gaining? And I yeah. think that is something that I've learned where you can't ever get an answer for it. When somebody says something mean to you, turn it around and just say, what were you hoping to accomplish with that comment? Yeah. What were you hoping to gain? They don't know. There isn't ever a, an answer for it, at least not a good one. And it makes them uncomfortable when you try to turn it around on them. If it's a face-to-face interaction, typically. On the internet, people can just cut and run and they don't have any consequences for, for, the, for the crap that they say to people. One thing I did want to revisit really quickly that you mentioned that I always think about because I, if I start to feel uncomfortable with a subject matter or something that someone's talking about, 90% of the time, it's because I've either, either had that thought at some point in my life. So it makes me uncomfortable because I feel like I'm being called out a little bit. Or two, it's something that I don't know enough about to have an opinion on. And so it makes mm-hmm. me uncomfortable because I don't know. I don't know enough. It makes me uncomfortable because I feel like I need to know more and I don't. And it makes me feel 
poorly because holy crap, why don't, why don't I know more about, why did I not understand that this is a thing or, or this is a problem? So if you feel uncomfortable when someone calls you out for something or points out to you that what you said is not okay to be saying to someone, or if you're just listening to this right now and at any point it felt uncomfortable, I want that might, that's like, before we move on to our next topic, like that's my challenge to people this week. When something makes you feel uncomfortable and we all know what I'm talking about, that skin crawling, just kind of pit in your stomach, like, God, this just feels like shit. Why? Ask yourself why. And it is totally okay. If you're listening to this and like, you want to come to Twitter or email Sasha and I and say like, Hey, that sucks. Like, I'm so sorry you deal with that. But all I would ask is that it isn't just a, you telling us like, you're sorry. Like Mm -hmm. I would love for you to also like, when you see behavior like that, actually call it out. Now, I do want to just like add one little caveat to this. I understand that sometimes arguing with people on social media is like, it's a, it is a fruitless endeavor. So like, I'm not encouraging you to necessarily do that, but we have talked about this on this podcast quite a bit. We often are aware of people in our lives that are doing these things. And not always, there are times where people find out and they're like, I did not know the person that I knew like was acting like this on the internet. I'm I'm not talking about those instances, but not every person who does this stuff is anonymous on the internet. Like I think of the man who basically was telling me that women's basketball is the worst. It's unwatchable. He hates it, blah, 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 blah. And then had a daughter and she was like, he was like broadcasting her all over his TikTok. And I I just asked him like, how would you feel if like your daughter sees this one day? And he's like, oh, she knows, she knows it sucks. Yeah. Like I would hope whoever knows that man in real life could stop him and be like, Hey, like women's basketball may not be your thing. It may not be your sport. You may, it, I don't like NASCAR. I don't like this, whatever. This just mm-hmm. may not be your thing, but you don't need to de- be going on the internet and doing this. Yeah. And I would hope that somebody would, who knows him and considers him a friend or family member, I don't know, would say something. But I think oftentimes those are the hardest conversations to have is to tell someone like, Hey, that wasn't cool. Like that wasn't cool. What you did. Mm-hmm. Um, you shouldn't be going after people like that. But it's really important because I think a lot of times, unless people have someone that they care about and they love telling them, Hey, that behavior wasn't cool. They're not listening. They're not listening to us. They're not listening to someone they don't know on the internet. They're going to listen to people and they may not listen to somebody that they love, but there is a better chance that they will listen to you than to, to one of us. And so, like I said, I just, I hope in that, like in that man's life, somebody says something. Cause it's like, come on, like, you don't want like your daughter finding this laundry yeah. list of things that you think suck about being a woman that mm-hmm. she gets to find when she turns 30 and is like, oh, my dad cool. hates women. Um, somebody, somebody who cares about this man needs to go check in. But unfortunately it's really easy to come to me and be like, I'm so sorry that that person feels that way. Not everyone does. That's one of those things that's comfortable to do that we talk about. Like, that's one of the things that we're talking about. Like it's comfortable for you to do that because you do, you probably do care to some extent about the person that you are doing this. Like you're coming up and saying, I'm so sorry too. However, it requires being uncomfortable in order for things to change or shift in any way. 
Now, obviously never put yourself in danger. Like you right. know the people in your lives. Like if there's somebody who like, you're like, no, I can't say anything because if I did, like it would be bad. Like you, mm-hmm. you know, you know those situations and no one's encouraging you to put yourself in harm's way in any situation or instance. It's just, I think a lot of, oh, <laughs> sorry for everyone who just like literally witnessed me. I just got a notification some on something and it made a noise and I don't know where it came from. Um, but it's just startled me, (laughs) but yeah, I just think it sucks that it sucks that this is something that, you know, last thing I'll say before we do transition to this other little piece on this is I just, I get really sad sometimes for kids and teenagers because Mm -hmm like you and I are not far off in age. I'm 34 um, and you're 37. So like, that's not that much different when we talk about like our, how we grew up, we both grew up in a time, like we are the older millennial grouping that grew up. We just, we didn't have cell phones until mm-hmm. middle school, high school age-ish. If like, that was kind of the time frame depending on where your age is and millennial. Um, we still had dial up internet. Mm-hmm. We had, um, I mean, I remember when I moved into my dorm room in Lincoln, I still had a landline in my dorm yeah, room. Like too. things were very different. Like, yes, social media and the internet and the connections were growing, but we definitely came of age with it. So we know a time without it. We know mm-hmm. we experienced our childhood for the most part without this outside pressure. And so yeah. people often make this joke on TikTok about like, look at Charlie D'Amelio right now. And like what she was like as a teenager and like, look at me when I was a teenager, like this is wild. And the biggest thing I'll say about why you see teenagers looking so much older today than they did when we were is, and I'm not doing this whole like millennial uh, Gen Z or Gen X crap where we're like, we're this and this. I'm just pointing this out. We did not have like quite like, we had like magazines. We had like Teen Vogue. We had like that no. kind of stuff to make us feel bad. Not outright actual people saying crap to us as we were teenagers. Right. On we the were, internet. So we were, we grew up in the time of like the like slim fast and yes. like people like berating like Jessica Simpson for being overweight when she was yeah. like a healthy size six or eight, which yeah. is like very like that, that is not overweight by any means. <laughs> um, Like that is like standard size. Yeah. Like that is, like, it's so fr- like, there's a, I still remember that photo and being like, wow, sh-, like that, that was how they framed it. And so like, that was our reference point is we, yeah. re- we compared ourselves to celebrities or people we saw because we were being told like, you know, it was the slim fast culture mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. The difference is now these kids and teenagers are putting themselves out and getting feedback and criticism on their own look in real time from people. Yep. And that in my mind is one of the hardest things that like, I do not know how parents are doing it, how you are navigating this. Because like I said, we definitely had a period of time where we kind of were like insulated, but I do not think if I was in high school, I could have like, I was convinced through all of high school, I was fat like completely convinced. I see photos yeah, of too. myself now when I was, the, I look at photos and I'm, I wasn't at all like, yeah. absolutely not. But I was so convinced that I was that if I had been on any social media app and somebody had told me I was overweight, I would have believed them in a heartbeat. And I probably would have starved myself. Yep. Like I had disordered eating as well growing up. And I just can only imagine how triggered that would have been by 
just more like aware, like people just like constantly commenting. Yeah. So you need to be careful. I, we say this a lot too. I'm not overly concerned about the listeners of this podcast. I think, no, (laughs) I think the difference is, is like, if you're wondering like what we're asking is like, when you see these things, call them out. Um, don't put yourself in harm's way. Don't start internet fights, but I'm just saying like, if it's something where you can reasonably help shut something down, please do. Um, but also just contribute to the kindness because we don't need more. We don't need more yuck in this world. Agreed. A hundred percent. Well, (laughs) really quick because this, this story we can, we should dive into more uh, deeply and maybe we will next week. But um, this, this goes into what we are talking about. Sasha sent this to me. It's from NBC news. It's the story that the headline is heckler makes tennis star Naomi Osaka cry during Indian Wells masters. Um, I had seen a little bit about this on social media, but a heckler shouted at Naomi at a tournament. This is in California. Um, They, the woman yelled, Naomi, you suck. And the crowd jeered the heckler. Yeah. Um, after the incident, Osaka asked the umpire if she could address the crowd. Um, she said, I just want to say something. I'm not going to curse. I don't want to curse. I don't curse. It's just weighing on my heart. Um, the umpire denied her request, uh, wait, making her wait until after. So what she said afterward was, I just want to say, thank you. I feel like I've cried enough on camera. I just wanted to say, to be honest, I've been heckled before. Like it really didn't, it, like it didn't really bother me. Um, but she had watched both Venus and Serena Williams also get heckled at this mm-hmm. venue. And that stuck with her really hard. Um, she, she said, I feel like for me recently when I win, I don't feel happy. I feel more like a relief. And then when I lose, I feel very sad. Um, that broke me, broke my heart. Um, and not to like tie this first and foremost, I just have to say like what is happening to Naomi in this environment, in that environment is not just um, because she's a woman, Yeah, obviously because of Serena and Venus Williams experience as well. There's a lot of racism that is wrapped up in for whatever reason, the people that like to attend this particular event, call it what it is. It is racism. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I think about how this type of behavior drives people away from their paths because mm-hmm. they suddenly realize they suddenly realize like this is really damaging for my mental health. This is really this is this is too much. I can't do this. And I just think of all of the different people who have left different spaces because they just they just want to be happy and they can't be happy in the environment that they're trying to, like if they're a tennis star or they're on social media mm-hmm. or they're an actor, actress, whatever, but people are driving them away from it because they just, they, they want to prioritize their mental health. And it makes me so sad how many people we're losing from being great because we aren't prioritizing their Yep their health, their mental health, and we're, we're treating them less than human. And mental health, by the way, is health. It um, is. I mentioned this on this podcast before, like 
if you go for a walk, if you're lifting weights, you're, you know, you're using your muscles, your brain is also a muscle. So why wouldn't it also need work? Um, and by, you know, bullying people or saying crappy things just because you can, or you feel emboldened to do so. I mean, your words matter. They really do. And when you, if you're, if, especially, honestly, I feel like because folks should be, uh, by this point be aware because she's tried to make people aware that sh- her mental health is important. Like, I feel like, especially now, what well, I, I just don't understand it. And I, I hate to see talented folks doing something they love, stop doing something they love or stop loving it. I saw a quote from her in that same article that was basically like, when I win, I don't feel happy. I feel relief. Um, and when I lose, I just feel so sad because I know someone's going to comment on it. And you that's got to just, I can't even imagine how, how mentally it, like excruciating that much must be. Yeah. Because these are things that like, you should be able to celebrate And like mm-hmm. the Washington post had a headline that it's Naomi Osaka's greatness can't hide her pain. And I hate that, like, so many people will respond with, if you're so unhappy, just don't be here. If you're just not happy, don't do it. And it's like, you know, for Naomi, and I know, and I'm putting words in her mouth, but I know for so many, like, when I've, you've heard Simone Biles talk about this, um, there's this, this responsibility that so many of these women, and especially these women of color, feel to continue showing people, I'm strong, I'm able to be here, I'm able to continue. You can do this, I because I can, because I'm here, you are it's possible for you. That they're literally like putting themselves and their mental health at risk to stay in a space. And so for people who really ignorantly, in my opinion, say to someone like Naomi, like, just leave if you're not happy, you don't realize what you're asking. You're asking for us to drive away some of the greatest athletes, the greatest of this from a space because they are human. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think of how many like creators have left online spaces because they're like, I just, I can't. In fact, I I just am thinking recently a a TikToker that I really like, she left the app after a lot of recent drama. She was just like, she had been trying to offer perspective as a black woman and people just weren't listening. And she's like, you know what? I don't need to deal with this. Not right now. I'm going to leave and I'll be over on Twitch or Instagram, other spaces if you want to come there. But I'm done here for right now because y'all are just not listening. And it makes me sad because it's like TikTok lost a voice that was really important. And I hope she eventually returns. But that doesn't make the space better. Her Mm -hmm. leaving doesn't make TikTok better. It makes it worse because now we have one less voice of... what are you trying to do to the app? Take away people who are going to challenge your beliefs, challenge your way of thinking, challenge your viewpoint. She, she was somebody when we talk about, you know, being uncomfortable, I would listen to her and she would make comments and bring up points that I would be like, yeah, dang. Okay. Mm -hmm. But like, that's on me then to process why that made me feel that way. It's not on me to drive her away because she made me uncomfortable because she didn't do anything. I'm the one who had the problem. Right. It just, it, 
we just have to stop driving people away from spaces that they're yeah. needed. And Naomi is an incredible tennis player. And I hope that we get to experience a very long journey of hers and watch her succeed and grow and be amazing. But here's the reality is if she leaves eventually, because she cannot, she cannot take this kind of bullshit. I will not, I couldn't blame her, Yep. but it would make me real freaking sad. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I can't say it any better than that, to be honest. <laughs> That's I was just like, yep, uh-huh. <laughs> um, I mean, we just need to be, I know that it's it's easy to keep saying we just need to be better. We just need to listen. We just need to be caring. We just need to, it's really honestly not that difficult um, to give a shit. Yeah, it really doesn't. I... Oh, I'm just, it's just one of those things where I think about, and this is my, my last thing I will personally say, I think about my place of privilege and a lot of this. And I think about what I was just saying to you that I'm like for like 36 hours from like Friday into Sunday morning. I just kind of like ignored things. I just left. I was like, I'm not going to tweet. I'm not going to do these things. That's very, that's very much a privilege that I was able to just be like, I'm done for a little bit. I'll come back later. And I think recognizing that, that like we're able we are able to leave. But then like, I sometimes think about like, if I just never came back to this app, what then? And I don't Mm -hmm. expect people to like miss me. I don't expect people to be like, Oh, I'm so sad. Aaron's gone. But I think about people who I know that have already left Twitter before because they're done. They're Mm -hmm. done with it. And how sad I am that their, their voices are gone from that space. And so I'm not telling you that I'm trying to leave anytime soon. My job is very dependent on me. I even told, I even told the Omaha world Herald about the bunny that I am like very online. Like I yeah. live my life on the internet. Um, but I just really would like to stop driving people away from the spaces that they can truly make differences because people are uncomfortable by their greatness. Like what Sasha and Sadie are doing with Meathead Test Kitchen is incredibly impactful. Stop being, stop being jackasses and trying to drive them away from that greatness because they are going to make a difference in women's lives who need it and in potentially men's lives too. I, I shouldn't like box anyone in. Um, they're going to make difference in people's lives who are in a space where it's like, this is, this is where I need to be right now. Yeah. Um, Honestly, those, the folks that reach out to us and, and let us know that um, are the reason that we stay around on, on social media for me personally, like, um, I, when I, you know, left previous employer, um, I didn't want to have anything to do with Twitter. And even before that, um, but now I, I, regardless of how many followers I have, it's not a very big number, but I have enough folks on there that when I put a message out there that I think that other folks would identify with or understand or whatever, or if it's even just like, I don't want to say teaching moment because I'm not a teacher, but if it's something that I can say that I experienced that maybe other people experience or have not experienced, but could listen to and see the other side of, I'm going to share it there because mm-hmm. it, it is another social media platform. And I think that it's taken differently based on platform, uh, based on people. But mm-hmm. the important thing is like to keep conversations going. Like we say all the time on this podcast, you can't be silent in order to have a conversation. 
You can be. And if you want to continue this conversation, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at mindyourownpodcast at hillvarsity.com. You can also tweet at us at Aaron Sorensen at Sasha72 as we're talking about social media, but you can yes. tweet at us. <laughs> um, again, you can email us if you want to have a longer conversation, mindyourownpodcast at hillvarsity.com. And we just love to hear from you. Please keep reaching out. It means the world to us. Go do something good in the world this week. Go make a difference. Even if it's something small, it doesn't matter. Like little things make huge, are they the ripple effects. Go make mm-hmm. a difference somewhere. And um, go join that March Madness bracket. We'll go tweet it. That's that's a little good that you can do. Yeah, if you want something, you go. go join the March Madness and go support the women's tournament. Yes. And the men's. The men's too. Come on. Well, I'm not just saying one over the other. Don't, don't get angry on the internet. We're talking support about all books. the sports all the sports, but we appreciate you as always for listening, for joining us through these tough conversations. We will be back next week with even more because it's still women's history month. Yeah. So we'll talk to you then. Thank you as always. Bye. A Huda Media Production.